Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 17 of the Winners You Podcast. As ever, my name is David, and I'm sitting 76 miles across from Mr. Alex Aldridge. I have, before I ask you how you're doing, I've definitely used 76 miles. That was before. the last episode you said that. Oh, we have not moved. How are you doing today, Alex? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm all, I'm all good. I'm all good. We are stuck in a holding pattern of mileage for the last week. Yeah, a metaphor for life somehow. Yes, we're just spinning our wheels endlessly, getting nowhere. Screaming into the ether. <laughs> well, yeah, we've been doing that in podcast form for about 10 years. <laughs> Hello, anyone? Fuck's sake. And now we keep, doing a, we, keep, we keep doing a good job of scaring off listeners, but in particular our American listeners, sorry America, that yeah, we we're deep probably do, will continue to scream into the ether forevermore. I think you're right, yeah. Um, this week... You and I both have a tale of some new consoles. In a way. Okay. You've obtained a new console, whereas I spent most of Sunday morning repairing my Dreamcast's laser disc reading functionality. How did you do that? Uh, I watched a YouTube video. You take the top off. It's a start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, you have to take out the little Ethernet modem thing adapter. You take that out. Then you does it involve tightening a tightening a screw. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. One that's gone left a bit. You've got to turn it right. So yeah. So I'll let you can finish that thought because I like people probably listening don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, that was it really. You get sometimes <laughs> you put the disc in and it just doesn't read it. It doesn't spin the disc. Yeah. It doesn't let you play the game. So yeah, you take off the little like disc stand you flip it over and there's like a little tiny screw that may have moved to the left and you move it to the right but i had issues where i'd moved it too far to the right at some points i was really only wanting to get it working so i could play one game that i bought which is to do with the anime slash manga called berserk and i got every other game working except that one so it went too far to the right and then some games like soul Calibur and crazy taxi work Went back to the left, and that did, still didn't work, but other games were like <laughs> Legacy of Kane were working, Resident Evil Code Veronica was working, Sega Rally was working, then a little fine-tuning, and I finally managed to get it working again. So I'm... I fixed my Dreamcast, but you've done something much more exciting than that. Well, I'm, I'm now trying to, as you're saying that, trying to quickly scan through my YouTube subscriptions to find it, and I can't find it. But I've taken to falling asleep watching YouTube videos of this man that takes old stuff and repairs it slash sort of reinvigorates it. And the only reason I knew about that that screw chat is because he dismantled an old GameCube and had to tighten the screw on it I don't, to bring it back to life. I don't actually think I gave you enough credit for the fact that you seem to be some sort of genius who knew about Dreamcast repair before <laughs> I told you, despite the fact you don't think you've ever owned a Dreamcast. I've got a Dreamcast. It's the only old console I've got now. Oh, wow. Okay. It's the only one I have. And I think I have... Oh, I've got two Dreamcast games. Do you want to have a guess at what they are? Because I actually don't know. Um, okay. Well, it's not going to be Sonic Adventure because you'd have played that and we would have had to discuss it last week or whenever it was. So I'm going to guess that one of them is probably... Is one of them Sega Rally? No. Nope. Okay. I didn't buy either of these games. I got them with, so my sister went through a P- I, I shouldn't have done it because my sister was nice enough. She bought me an old GameCube once and it ended up in the bin. <laughs> so I actually feel quite guilty about that eternally, which is part of the reason that, like, so to give the listeners uh, 
window into my psyche i used to have a real problem with collecting old video games and i wasn't even really just collecting old video games with any sort of any sort of strategy i would just go into like cex which is a local second hand which is a uk-based second-hand game store i don't know what the equivalent would be in america that disgustingly calls itself sex and i do not like that yeah um you go in and i just have a budget and i just go in and it was it would be like 50 quid and I'd go in and I'd come out with like 70 PS2 games. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Just, <laughs> so I had like so much to the point that I I had a, in my, in a previous house I owned, I had a whole spare bedroom just dedicated to these this thing that was just filled with old video games. So when I had to downsize because I moved into a flat for a year or an apartment, um, I was like, right, I need to get rid of some of these. Um, so they they were moved to my girlfriend's house and then accidentally got damaged and destroyed um and then the rest of them i thought well this is this is the the impetus i have to clear out the rest of what i have so everything else went in the bin except the dreamcast because i got the dreamcast that christmas and i was like i can't just throw this thing out <laughs> that I've literally just been given so it's the only one i've got and i have a, a top five i've been going remaking top five lists so that i can start rebuying these things that i probably owned already so i didn't buy either of these so are they well-known quite... games yeah, you'll know both of them. Um, it was probably quite unfair for me to ask you to guess because there was no strategy involved. They were just sort of how I, I just came across these two. So the first one, hilariously, <laughs> is Sonic Adventure. <laughs> I genuinely feel like you didn't own that. That's why you had to look for it on the uh, Xbox. Well, I just had to go looking for it because I apparently didn't know I owned it until now. So. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks too late. Yep, the second one oh, is... Oh, Shadow Man, yeah, Shadow Man. Oh, that's a king's game, that is. So I will need to hook this up and actually play these games. Fuck that, just buy Shadow Man Remastered. Yeah. That's what I plan to do. Oh, I love so, Shadow Man, though. Brilliant. I've still I know it. nothing about it. But a dude who goes between life and the underworld fighting serial killers like Jack the Ripper, and they're all real serial killers, based on a graphic novel. I've awesome. got a feel like, is there a Mega Drive or a Master System Shadow Man? Pass. Don't think so. Because I feel like I've seen a cart with Shadow Man written on the front of it. I guarantee there's a fucking Mega Man boss called Shadow Man somewhere. Oh, endlessly. There's a Mega <laughs> Man boss called Everything in the world. In different dimensions, <laughs> I thought, a different Mega Man. I thought you said called Everything. Like, no. Everything Man. <laughs> everything <laughs> they man. just gave up. Everything Man and then Nothing Man. Yeah. <laughs> they um, ran out of um, available memory on the console, so they just had an empty room and just said, oh, here's nothing, man. Oh, yeah, and it could be like can... that kill screen in Pac-Man where you just die. Or is, yeah. it Don is it Donkey Kong, the kill screen? It's Donkey Kong, isn't it? Oh, we... you just die. Yeah. I don't know what it's that is. It's in that King of Kong documentary. If you get too far into the game, you get to like level 256 mm. or something. Mario just dies. And then they were like, no, we're going to get a Donkey Kong kill screen if you want to come and take a look over here. Maybe that's why. So another thing, I when I'm listening to a podcast, if I'm lying in bed trying to fall asleep as well, but I'm like still kind of awake, I'll stick a podcast in and I'll play Pac-Man. There's a Pac-Man game I've got on my Xbox, but it used to be a mobile game. It's uh, not Champions. Pac-Man Two Fifty Six actually. And then you get an achievement if you get a score of two hundred fifty six. Oh. So I wonder if that's why that number's huh. specifically chosen. 
I w- yeah, I wonder if that... Because, I mean, that was a rough guess from me of what the kill screen is. Donkey Kong kill screen. If it is 256, I'll be really impressed at my memory there. No, it's 117. <laughs> oh, well. oh, well. Yeah, there is. So, Pac-Man 256, that is, a, that is a thing. I didn't know that was a game. I thought you were going to talk about the, the Championship Edition, whatever it is, which is a fantastic Pac-Man game on the 360. No, I'm not playing a good Pac-Man game. This is... <laughs> This is this is terrible. But it's not Pac World is... or whatever that fucking horrible two D side scrolling thing was. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Pac Man does not have feet. Um, this Dreamcast chat though, that was my new console. We've yet to let the listeners in on what yours actually is. I have a PS Five now. I've managed to. You've almost had two of them. Cro- almost had two of them. Yeah, cross cross the river into PlayStation Five land now. So uh, as we speak on this podcast, I'm currently downloading a. A selection or a plethora, some may say, if they were in secondary school writing an essay of <laughs> which, let's be honest, is about the ability of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you doing all your PS Plus collection? Um, so yeah, I've gone through and added a lot of them to the library. Got confused by a lot of things that I've got that are happening. So <laughs> I actually took I actually took pictures of these to send to you to to ask you. So maybe maybe we can do a live Q and A on the podcast because we may be lucky or unlucky. There may be a listener on here that has a PS Five and is also confused by these. Before I start, the two step verification thing that Sony do is a pain in the backside, and I couldn't figure out how to not activate it now. So I've got a picture on my phone of a bunch of random codes. Oh, backup. That in case I lose my phone, which. Is stupid because the codes are on my phone now. I'm gonna have to write them down somewhere. Yeah. Or email them to myself or something. Yeah, I'll do that. I didn't take a note of those codes, so I've not even got that. Oh, your PlayStation's getting locked the hell down one day. Anyway, the only reason so, yeah, I have my P- my two step verification turned on. Do you remember when I asked you this when I was playing my PS4 and it booted me out and said somebody has signed in with your PlayStation 4 account oh, somewhere yeah. else? So I yeah. messaged everybody I know. Like, do you, does any of you have my? playstation login on your computer and everyone said no I was like well how the fuck has this happened <laughs> be careful lads be careful be careful out there it's a it's a dangerous world for old playstations <laughs> so i was going i was going through this playstation plus collection downloading adding everything to the library and downloading things i wanted to download and i i have uncharted 4 digitally and in my library it'll let me download it but when i go to the ps plus section it won't let me download it any idea it just says learn more or unfollow. Any mm. idea what that's about? I'd have to check if there's any that I previously owned digitally and that are also in there, whether that does that to me or not, but I've not seen that. Um, the next one is Life is Strange 2, for example, just has just does not let me download it or play it or interact with it at all. It's got like a, you know, one of those circles with a, like a, with a line through it where it's just like, nah. Any idea what that's about? No, it sounds quite similar to something I've got, right? Have you still got your PS4? Yes. Have you done a transfer of any of that stuff yet? I've transferred my save data. Right. And then I was like, I'll just download the games as and when. Don't yeah. So I basically went on my PS4 and deleted like or uninstalled loads of games I didn't want to transfer over. Yeah. And it seems as if every game I've transferred over that's still on the PS4, it tries to make me buy it again on the PS5. Oh, for goodness sake. But I can go downstairs on the PS4 and play it on my account, fine. When I go up to the PS5 and I try and play it, it says something to do with the account is not valid for this game. You have to buy it, which is total Ugh. bollocks. 
I'm going to have to figure this out. Yeah, so I it's did a mess, hear, this so shit. It really is. Yeah, there's something you can renew your licenses, apparently. Yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. Okay, yeah, well, I fully expect it not to work for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I assume the, the other thing is because, so, Ghost of Tsushima pops up in my library, and that's because I've got the disc version. But oh, on it, yeah. in my library, it's just got a padlock on it. Yeah, that means it won't. Is that because it's, I've been playing it on a disc and it, it knows? It's locked till you put the disc in, yeah. Okay. But so AKA yeah, so, locked forever. What a what a, I might buy actually. I've been I've been wanting to play it, and I, so like the two part of the reason I might buy it is, and part of the reason where I want to move on to my next part of the chat. I downloaded the app because I heard there was a sale going on just now. I was yes, like, oh, I might is. get games cheap. It's a cheap. It's a feels cheeky calling it a sale because it just brings it down to the games down to a normal price. Because I was looking at it and there's like Ratchet and Clank, like 52 quid. I, I saw like, that as well, yeah. That's not cheap. <laughs> I was like, but oh yeah, Sony are trying to make us pay 70 quid for games now. So yeah, I guess that is technically a sale. Um, but the other thing is, so I logged on because I, so when I bought, when you buy PlayStation 5s, because, because they're so hard to get and people can just take the absolute mickey, I got mine from game. And as part of the rule, you had to buy a bundle Oh, is that so right? with my why you were showing me bundles when you were asking me to put one in a queue for you? Yeah, so I got I have a PlayStation hat now. I have a white t shirt that says player one on it. Oh. And and I got well, the two things that are actually useful is I got a year of PS plus and yeah. a fifty pound credit. Ooh. So I do have fifty quid, so I may spend that fifty quid on ghosts so that I can sit and play it. Are you sure you I think that oh, okay. I mean that if they've put Ratchet and Clank down to 52 quid and you've got 50 quid, I think... Yeah, I know. I think I might, there's never a more reasonable time to buy that because I don't think I'm ever going to buy that game. There's never a better time to play Ratchet. I'm never going to want to sink... Like, I'm never going to pay even 50 quid for that game. Whereas you can basically pay nothing. Yeah. I'm only going to buy 13 date, well, so... from this summer sale because I'm an absolute weeb. <laughs> well, talking about, talking about being a weeb is because you know I've been banging on to you about how I want to play a jrpg but i can't get into any of them and i know fine well that buying any of them is a complete waste of time yeah so a five is part of the ps plus collection oh so what a game i'm going to give that a go it's currently downloading that game is great that, days gone that's currently downloading we can pod about that one i think because i've been meaning to play days gone for ages i've been wanting to play it as well but i i, I didn't want to buy it because I, I think never I think I'll, I think I'll enjoy it, but the the story is just going to be nonsense. So I don't know if I'll complete it. I'll just play it till I'm bored and then stop. My, my sister bought me that for my dad, and, <laughs> and she's like, and then oh. last time you went round to your dad's house, he had a biker jacket on, a leather jacket. <laughs> no, it would be a denim jacket, and he had grown a handlebar moustache. He asked me if I could get some fuel for his motorbike. Apparently, it ran out again, which is, I believe, what happens in that game. Yeah. Um, but no, because my dad really likes the tabletop board game Zombie Side. Oh, I've got that. Like, yeah, it's good. It's yeah, cool. And my sister was like, oh, yeah, my husband plays this game. It's just like Zombie Side, but a video game. And when she told me that, because she didn't tell me what the game was, I was like, what have you got dad for his birthday? Or Father's Day, actually. And she was like, I've got him this PlayStation game. It's like Zombie Side, but on PlayStation. I was like, oh, that's cool. They've made like a tabletop board game in, ga- in like PS4 form. That's cool. He'll really <laughs> yeah. enjoy that. Then when he opens it and he sees it's days gone and I remember the fact that he can't even fucking... Like, he once waited two weeks for me to do a jump for him in Uncharted from when I came back to, from uni and he was like, I've been <laughs> waiting two weeks for your help on this. And I jumped over a gap and I was like, right, where am I going then? He's like, no, you've done it now, thanks. 
I don't think he's going to be able to handle days gone he's somehow. Not, he's not going to handle that. The man's in his, late, like, he's in his mid-60s now, for Christ's sake. I watched uh, Rory from Giant Bomb play the end of that game, and that game gets hectic with the old zombos, or freakers as they're called. And my sister-in-law, sorry, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, was already at the house the previous week saying, fucking hell, that game's well hard. Putting him through the ringer. Yeah. He couldn't even handle driving in fucking LA Noir. You expect him to be able to weave through zombies on a motorbike? Since we've um we've already had show and tell on a future pod, I'm gonna to have to show you the 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 I want fruits you to of put my the hat labor on for a start. Sorry? I want you to put the hat on for a start. Yeah. Oh yeah, I should go and get it. The fruits of my labor for the brief period of time I fell down a zombie side hole but didn't re- only had a couple of people to play with I used in my previous job I must have used up probably about a hundred pounds worth of printer ink printing off <laughs> every single campaign I could find and buying folders for them so I've got about three <laughs> folders just jammed full of zombie side campaigns that have barely been looked at oh my god my dad would love that <laughs> that's his like that's his one wish it's a running joke in our family like what do you want for your birthday I just want us to play zombie side because I can't be bothered with it are you not a fan well I don't like cooperating with my dad I like to beat him and show him like that he's him. an old man who's past his prime <laughs> <laughs> so it's like unless it's competitive Stand dad I'm not playing it <laughs> <laughs> but my sister has played it with him quite a lot actually she quite likes it but yeah, he's only got like the basic set now I think I think ah uh... I must do now. I was, I'm, I don't know what I've got actually. I think I've maybe got a couple of add-ons. Yeah, but not not it. It went it went mad, didn't it? Because yeah. you know the one I actually want to play is because I'm always like a, I'll always go fantasy over sci-fi or like modern day horror, and they've got zombie side but set in fantasy world. So like people with swords and shields and stuff. That's oh. that's one as well that I kind of I kind of want. Yeah, I'd play that. Yeah, it's more, it looks good. more up my street. Just like setting-wise, it's more up my street than this weird cartoon, comic booky people going about in rollerblades that we've got at the moment. Yeah, oh, look, it's Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, pretty much. I can't believe they never made a video game like that. Yeah. The closest they kind of got was, I guess, Undead Nightmare, Red Dead, but that's not really fantasy. State of Decay? State of Decay. Yeah, that was set in modern day, wasn't it? Yeah. So we never oh, we're really talking, had. We're a, talking about old, aren't we? Yeah. Talking about like medieval zombie game. Yeah, I don't think I can't think of anything that's got that in it. The closest I can think of is Vermintide, but it's not even zombies. Oh yeah. It's just rats. Is it? Pretty much. Um. So yeah, good luck basically with your PS5 thing, because I would have told you before last week that oh, it's a doddle. It's really easy, but it's not actually because apparently anything that you've got on your PS4 you can't play on your PS5. Yeah, so it's that's where I, I don't I think I ever finished that thought. Is when I downloaded the app, I was like, oh, I can uh, in case the sale ends, I will spend my fifty quid because I know the sale's on just now. St- loaded up on. the app and got instantly confused because there's like two versions of each game now on the app. When I was trying to buy stuff, it's like here's yeah. a PS4 version, here's a PS5 version. Oh I was god, like, yeah. There is a definite risk I'm going to buy a PS4 version. It's here, happened so a lot, hasn't stop. it? People have been complaining about that for a while. Yeah. Apparently they're adding ah. more games on the fourth of August. So I think it ends on the tenth, maybe. So you've got time, but I yeah, would get I would get Ratchet and Clank because at least you know there is no PS4 version of that. Yeah, and you don't have to pay seventy or even fifty quid for it. I'm gonna last last side note, and then we can get on with the podcast. But I'm gonna have to mess about like 
my HDR on PlayStation is always bad. So I even on PS4, I had I remember playing I played Red Dead three quarters of Red Dead with HDR turned on, and it got to a point where I was it was at night or I was doing something, and I literally couldn't see what I was doing. And then when I turned off HDR, the game was beautiful, and I could see it, and everything was crisp. Oh, and then. And then, actually, in hindsight, it made the game look really washed out and dull when I was playing it. So I was like, so I just turned it off and then moved on my life. I was like, oh, maybe just my TV is rubbish. But my TV downstairs is not rubbish. And mm-hmm. I loaded it up and it, it, like, it made me go through all the HDR settings and stuff, like set it up nice. And then I, I turned it on. I was going through the menus. I was like, this is looking a lot more washed out than I was expecting it to. And I was like, why does it look so weird? And then I went and turned HDR off again. Boom! The game's crisp. The thing's crisp and beautiful, and looks like it's in 4K. I just don't understand what is oh. going on with the HDR in my TVs. That's really this strange. Is, and this has been replicated across two different TVs now. And this is on your PS5 uh, as well. Yeah. So it happened on my PS4 on a TV that is now in my bedroom last year, and now it's happened again on a different TV on a ps5 and to say it's the same washed out looking hmm. nonsense what tvs is we're talking about here so one is an lg and i know they've got something funny with auto dim so oh they do yeah to do with that um so when you turn it off it doesn't seem to do it and the other one is a sony well i mean that should, be ta- that should be tailor-made for it, yeah, right? It's, it's madness. Absolute madness. Yeah, I've got Samsung something or other, and I've not had any issues with that. But then again, I've never turned it off, so I don't I don't know if that's going to make any difference. I've never thought it looked bad, though. Yeah, if you, it, it's noticeably washed out. I'll, need to, I'll send you a video after yeah, this Yeah, I need pod. to see this, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn we'll it on We'll figure this off. out. Yeah. Stick around for next week, listeners. We'll have it we'll, fixed. Yeah, well, it will involve me having to buy a new tv because we've broken it because i've taken the back off to tighten the screw (laughs) and (laughs) And with that we're back we're back we've never been away we're let's move on with the pod by the way anyway carry on yeah okay we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to make a list and decide which ones we're going for yeah anyway let's move on with the pod we're here not to talk about a specific game but three game well multiple games today but we're gonna we're gonna do three top fives because we're not quite finished playing what was it inside the streets of rage all the streets of rage games mm-hmm. we are working well i'm working through that much more slowly than you are but we are getting it yeah i've beat for one two and three now i just need to wait for you to get ready to play some co-op on number four excellent i'm looking forward to this and i'll download four actually because there's no reason we can't just start yeah while i'm playing the other ones yeah exactly yeah um so that's for us next week so yeah what what do we do normally in these top fives do we tell all the all the topics and then we start running through them is that is that how we do it? i mean it's written in the episode title so it's not like we're keeping it held back from anyone it's not going to be they should already know what they're getting by now anyway if they've read what they clicked on exactly well you would hope so (laughs) yeah but just in case they didn't our top three our top three list, top th- three top five lists today are going to be top five dead developers, top five worst ten out of ten IGN games, and top five Apex Legends characters. Because yep. we we continue to adore that game, so let's talk about it a wee bit. People have been waiting for this since episode one, where we've basically put it in seventeen episodes. At some point, we've talked about it every yeah. episode for the last seventeen. So finally, Apex Legends gets a bit more of a showing. Will we rip off that band-aid and kick things off with an apex? I think we have chat? to, yeah. Yeah, we've got to just dive straight in. 
we are in agreement with our number five character, which is Lifeline. She's a useful character. I, I would Very. say, like, I don't mind going her, and I do quite enjoy her in a way because her specials are they're useful in a fight um but you also don't necessarily have to think quick enough to use them in a fight if that makes sense she's a very good starter character for sure yeah her all her stuff is sort of keeping people alive and getting people up which is which you don't have to think about making sure you're timing your specials and stuff you can just be sort of part of the team and yeah and get involved which i like but in terms of like using her stuff she's not she's not exactly a fun character she's pretty she's just very functional i think i yeah i'm still not necessarily on board with the nerf they gave to her her healing thing i think slower right is that what they did it's faster but there's no shield oh yeah okay i do miss the shield when i'm playing as lifeline or i'm being healed by lifeline anyway because it does just feel like you have to be really lucky to not just get killed anyway if you get yeah basically yeah no totally and and i think when you saw a shield that it forced your opponents to play differently because if you saw it coming up you basically had to try and rush yeah if you wanted to try and finish them off yeah and they're gonna have to re-maneuver around the shield so you can almost kind of bait them somewhere whereas now yeah they they could just shoot you anyway from where they were standing originally yeah Um, yeah i guess I, I mean, I'm people trying, obviously trying said to... she was OP, I guess. So that's probably why they had to nerf it. Say, oh, she's OP. She's OP if you're trying to snipe, I guess. Yeah. It just makes her basically, you can do what you want. Yeah, that shield's not going to get sniped through. So, yeah, that's true. Could you shoot the shield? Could you destroy it? I can't remember. I don't think so. Yeah, I can't remember either. Feels like ages ago, but it obviously wasn't. But I, I definitely played Lifeline a lot. Like, as soon as we started playing this game again, Mm-hmm. she would have had easily my highest number of kills for the first season that we played together because i think i went her almost all the time uh, she's good. well partly because i was i was obviously having to buy all the characters again at that point or earn them through playing the game so yeah out of the starter <clears throat> ones i was probably favoring her most um but it's, since the nerf yeah she's not quite good she's not that annoying either actually as yours um as your favorite characters um changed in the same way mine has mine seems to change season on season i.e like i just i just flow with different characters and because of challenges i'll have to go a character for a certain amount of time i find this with weapons as well and by the time i complete a challenge i've got used to the weapon or character and I actually quite like them and then there'll be certain moments in in matches that'll just make that'll go really well and we'll just think oh i love that character slash totally. weapon now yeah yeah absolutely just warps your perception and then you start playing them all the time and then you don't have the same luck that you had for those challenges and you start to think, you know, oh, I, I went a bit too early here. Yeah. I obviously thought I was ready to play as X. Yeah, and no, I, I do wasn't. that all the time. And I bet you if we did this chal- this challenge, if we did this top five next at the end of next season, I think my top five would probably be different again. Because mm. if we had done this top five at the start of, or the end of last season, my my number four would have been my number one. Yeah, you loved him last season. Yeah, but he's dropped quite a lot. I would have probably had my number two as my number one, I think, last yeah. season. I played him loads. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, so we're agreed with Lifeline. She's, yeah. She's a very she's a really useful character to have in your team. Um, yeah, I don't it, know whether she sticks around. We both have obviously voted for her, but 
she may not, not make sure the she, end. No, I'm not sure. And I feel like now, like, because you're right, because of her, her, her nerf, you kind of need a Gibby around now, I guess, to use her properly. Oh, that's a really good combo. Oh, it's not a combo, is it? You couldn't play that in duos because obviously one of you is going to be down, so you can't well, exactly throw a Gibby shield down <laughs> while you're already down. Um, but it's not a bad, it's not a bad uh, when we play arenas and the other guy's going to run off and do what he wants anyway. We can at least yeah. hang around together. Try and help each other up. Yeah, absolutely. Jibby actually noticeable by his uh, absence here. It's a He's not made it. I again, like I, I, I've gone through different phases because Caustic used to be one of my favorite characters, and he's another character that's not on this list. Um, but the bigger, beefier characters like Caustic and Gibraltar have got movement penalties, and I now find them difficult to jump around with because they move around slower. Not to mention bigger hitboxes bigger hitboxes yeah which if your so, movement abilities aren't great anyway it means you're going to get shot more obviously yeah exactly so I, I have always struggled with them i used to be a big fan of setting caustic traps and things like that and we've got friends that are that are very much into gibraltar or at least they were mm. what's the one character that you have been suckered into thinking you really like and then have completely omitted from this and don't like at all anymore I think Lifeline is fantastic, but I just can't use them. I've seen players that can use Lifeline and zip about. Wait, do you mean on... um, Pathfinder? Pathfinder, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, Pathfinder's the one I want to like and I want to be good with, but I'm not good enough with them. And as such, there's no point in me going them. Like, I've seen people use his grapple who can fly around maps, like jumping off the side of stuff and flinging themselves around to come up behind people. And it, the movement they have with it is just it's fun to watch those. yeah um but i'm just don't i just don't have that skill with him what about you uh probably watson i think we had a few games where i thought watson was great and i just think she's totally useless now started to play her for a while probably her and maybe fuse when i thought fuse was cool at the beginning but then realized that his ultimate is terrible that yeah. but that one was probably just like bias because he was the new character last season so I think maybe Watson is the one where I suddenly thought, oh, I could really make use of her and started trying to play her and just had no luck and decided, no, actually, I don't like her and I'm not very good. But yeah, you mentioned yeah. Bangalore. She is my number four purely because she works well with you when you want to play Bloodhound. And she's another one who has a pretty simple set of mechanics. Not a lot to learn there. You just shoot a smoke grenade if you want to escape. The only problem is, is that I often try and shoot smoke grenades at the enemy, and I don't really know what benefit that has ever had, <laughs> unless you've She's got kind infrared. Of, yeah, if, well, yeah. If there's a bloodhound, you you shoot at the enemies and scan. I guess that's what you do. Yeah. Um. She's the yeah. She's sort of the the the, the soldier seventy six of the yeah the absolutely Duty, slash Call of Duty world. Um. In this, in the call in the sort of apex. Pantheon. She's just she's just a running gun character, and I, I yeah. like her too. I often go. I'm not. I now now I'm looking at this. This is why I say like honestly, my top five can change so much. Like I don't know why I've not got Bangalore in here. I I do like going Bangalore from time to time. Yeah, she's a fun. She's a fun character. I really like the the fact that she speeds up when she gets shot and allows yes. you to get, make a better getaway. Especially if you can drop a smoke while you're doing it. Yeah, I probably don't that, utilize it well enough, but it in that more noise, than I so you know it. if you're getting aimed at and things like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. In fact, no, she I have think that? that's it. Uh, or is that Ray? That's Wraith, I was thinking of. I was thinking of that noise, but it's the noise is when she's getting shot at, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you get a noise and you get to speed up. 
Yeah, she's got a good ultimate, but I think a lot of people seem to think it's not as good as Gibraltar because it takes longer to explode. I rarely get a chance to kill anybody with that or even hurt anybody with it. Usually only when somebody's been downed would it actually work for me. Is that the difference? Does it do more damage and take longer to explode? I'm almost certain, yeah, it does more damage but takes longer, whereas Jibby's is... Jibby's just kind of like actually hits and then blows up when it hits the ground, whereas I think Bangalore's, it like drops those bombs, doesn't it? And then they have a timer and then they explode. So you can most of the time get away from them. So maybe if you've got someone down a choke or you're on a smaller map, or as I say, if they've already been downed and someone's trying to res, you might get away with it. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult ultimate to actually get something out of. I think our top three, right? There's no, all the, the characters in our top threes each. They're not in the right order, but there is only three people in there. So we actually only need to cut one character from four and five position between us. Okay, let's do both. We both voted Lifeline, but she was both our number five. So does, do we at this point get rid of Lifeline and then rearrange the next five? Yeah, I think I think that's probably. I fair. think because I of the more... nerf, I'm happy to get rid of her. Yeah, and I, f- I feel she may come back if we ever do this list again. She may come back. Give us the shield um, back, she... and she'll be straight back in there. Exactly. Yeah. So I saw sorry, Lifeline, you're gone. Okay, so I've done Bangalore. You go through your number four now. My number four is Octane. See, for a while he was my number one favorite character. The reason being is, I've there's been a couple of occasions where I've been the only person left in a team and his ability to sort of get in and out of trouble really quickly and have, if there's a lot going on, people can quite easily lose him and not be sure where he is. And yeah. if you use his jump pad properly as well, sprinting and getting on the jump pad quick is a great way of just basically confusing the enemy and trying to get behind them as quick as possible. And and I got good enough for a while. I'm probably not anymore, but I got good enough with Octane doing that for a while that I felt pretty confident if there was a lot going on or pretty comfortable, I think is probably the best way to describe it, in a fight. I didn't always win, but I knew what to do in what situation. Um, and he's just a fun character. Um, they've He's had another nerf in that his speed boost does more damage to his health now than it yeah. used to and it recharges slightly slower if i'm if i'm remembering that correctly that's which, yeah i don't know about the recharge being slower or not, but it definitely does more damage you're right about that yeah which um makes you have to think about using it if you're going into a fight yeah um because it's just enough that i would that would make a difference i.e like if i'd been in a fight and my health had a little bit of damage it's damage enough that I would want to use a health pack, if that makes sense. Especially if you've used it to get to the edge of the fight and then used it again yeah. to enter quickly. You've then mm-hmm. you've almost lost half your health at that point. Yeah. So that's why he's, he's actually down. the number one sort of picked character in the meta at the moment. I believe. Oh, is he? From what I saw the other day, yeah, I think they're potentially going to nerf him again at some point because he's everyone's just picking him at the moment, and I think that's probably why I didn't pick him myself. Other than the fact that I find his character a bit annoying when he talks about like his fans, he, he seems to be some yeah. sort of like YouTuber character. Which oh, is the, I've got a, I've got an emote when you're diving that he takes selfies, which yes. just makes me. And he's got a selfie stick as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that yeah, the reason I didn't put him in here is because how other people play with Octane. If you're not going to coordinate, it usually just makes people be selfish dicks. Yeah, you play him yeah, in arenas. I, that person will sprint ahead and nickel yeah. the healing and run away. And an, annoyingly, though, because like if you've got a Valk or an Octane in your team, they should be trying to get to the materials because they can get the materials and yeah. get back out of there before they get caught. But but invariably, 
unless you're coordinating what it, what it results in is people running nick all the materials uh, not the materials like, like you say in the health packs and then yeah. just go and get themselves killed because yeah. they've run off on their own yeah i saw a video on reddit the other day it was something like the most octane that ever octane i meant to send it to you where it's basically like they're in this area i think they start a match the octane then sprints past the guy nicks all the guns sprints off down a corridor and then dies and then quits the game it disconnects <laughs> it's like 10 seconds long and he's out um i do like octane though and i think a jump pad kill is one of the coolest ways to get one. I've oh yeah and done it once i don't know why but i don't think i'll ever get bored knee sliding into a, into a jump pad either yeah oh, like never. a kid kid at a wedding just knee sliding yeah. in there. <laughs> i've been that kid before yeah absolutely knee sliding <laughs> so good <laughs> yeah no and he's cool um and uh yeah like, apart from the the personality he's um yeah he'd be right up there for me as well i um, think i th- i think he sits at, at the moment i think i think i would put bangalore ahead of him um you reckon even I though get, he's been your well, number one before he's been in my number one in the past but at the moment he's not and why, i why think at the that, moment i just i i need to st- if i'm when especially when it comes near the end of a season and i'm able to just pick characters for fun rather than to work on challenges i i need to keep I need to keep going. So, like, I find if I'm going a character, like, I've been using Bloodhound recently. If I change away from Bloodhound, like, for instance, I, I there was a game, I think I played it with you, cert- almost certainly, in which I was being Bloodhound for, well, Bloodhound's sort of in my head, and then I changed to Bangalore, and I keep firing with smoke. <laughs> it was so. Revenant. You kept firing the silence. That thing. was it. That was it. I, so... <laughs> It's just the way my brain works in in games like this. I need to get to the point where I'm comfortable with a character in that, like doing things in a fight comes as second comes as second nature. Yeah. And using Octane in that very hyper specific way that's only useful to him. Yeah. I'm out of the practice of doing it. Okay. Um, and that's that's probably why. And I've just not had. I've not had the fun matches recently mm-hmm. with him that I had last season. Whether that's because of the nerf or because I'm not used to him, it's probably a combination of both. So he's slipped quite significantly. But he, yeah, he's I find he's a lot easier to use in a trios as well, which yeah, we don't often yeah. play. Annoyingly, he's the one I've got the heirloom for as well. Oh, so yeah. He'll need to make a comeback. He will. You're point. not. You're definitely not the only person who has switched out of Bloodhound and then immediately pressed LB to scan and wasted something. Uh, yeah absolutely i do that all the time as well yeah constantly so i I think for that reason octane goes five and i at the moment i put bangalore four we'll see where they all shake out but that's for me where they sit at the moment okay well you've mentioned bloodhound a minute ago um i have put him them that's my number three um i don't necessarily like the character very much um i know it's supposed to be you know, some kind of non-binary character, maybe. Um, but I just don't like the voice. He, it, well, I don't know if it's, a, you know, it's, it's kind of like a mix of sort of a, whim, a woman voice actor trying to do like a deeper voice with a weird accent on it. I just find the voice annoying. I find what he says to be annoying because you can't really understand any of it. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's not really that important at the end of the day because you're just playing the game to play the game. But you know things like voice lines and stuff like they'll never be a good voice line for Bloodhound because he just just spouts shit about better than Horizon. Horizon's good. Just well, get that's, those but voice that's a, lines yeah, but Horizon's an absolute affront to everything that you stand for. 
and your entire <laughs> life and country and you know nationalism so yeah she's bullshit i'm actually surprised she never made that's she's another one that's not on her top five list i'm surprised she's not made because you were a big big old horizon I, fan for a little while i wanted to get good at horizon yeah um but i just never did i've never been able I wonder, to use her I, ultimate very well i feel like she needs a bit of a what do you call it? What's the opposite? A bit of a buff because I find her black hole thing too easy to get out of. You just yeah. you just pull the strick in the opposite direction and you don't go anywhere near it. Yeah. And then, then when people throw grenades and things at you in the hope that you're going to get caught in it as well, the grenades get sucked in because you're actively pulling against it. You don't. So it just makes you. It, it does the. I in my experience, it does the opposite of what it's trying to do at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It shows you where the grenades are, so you just know where to go to not get hit by them. Yeah, and they've much. nerfed her. You can't stand at the top of her gravity thing anymore either. So they nerfed her so that she's not very, you know, she's harder to play if you're good with her. Whereas if you never were good with her, she's now basically impossible to get any value from. So yeah, yeah, I, no. Time also, it just makes that boost thing useful for getting up high places, and then not really anything else, I guess. I mean, and if and you if you see a boost way, thing, you know where she is anyway. Yeah. It's not very subtle, is it? It's a giant blue beam of light. Well, there's a horizon over there on that roof, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bloodhound, functionally, and as a with his tactical kit and everything, sorry, their tactical kit and everything, brilliant. Like, so useful. Probably the most useful character in the game, without question. Yeah, I, I love Bloodhound. There's so many occasions, even this season, that I've been running at the fights, and you just... Just finding out where people are just makes you that much more dangerous in a fight. And because they still don't really know where you are. They How many times gentle... do we shit ourselves and we get bloodhound scanned? Every time. Yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah, I've exactly. been so not, lads. Yeah, and, and you know where they know where you are. So you need to either move or just get ready for someone to know know, always... the, know where you are and come for you. Do you ever get like really self-conscious when that's happening? Like if you're doing, if you think that you're doing something stupid and really like rookie, like I'm just crouching, I'm just standing in the middle of the what, like in the middle of a path. I've not got any cover. I'm just popping a shield, and I've just got sonar. I think they must think I'm so shit at this game, watching me play like in no way well right now, and they can see what I'm doing, and I'm not doing anything that's got skill required. Do you just, think? Do you feel like your mum's just walked in on you doing a massive poo? Is that yeah, what you've got? Yeah. Like, oh, we're just crouching in a building, looking out a window. They must be like, who's this guy waiting for? Like playing mid proper changing old school. Mid-changing of boxers. So you're just, yeah. your white ass is poking up into the air. <laughs> yep, absolutely. The most vulnerable position. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ultimate is, again, uh, it's good for anything. It's good for I, just, yeah, just getting really out like something it. quickly. It's good for just if you're approaching an area, you at least might see people miles off before you engage. Good to actually engage. An amazing thing to use at the end of a game. If you pop that in the last three, when the circle's really close, people are going to be fucked. You should win a game I've, if you've got it left. I, yeah, I find, I'm feeling, I find with Apex, I tell you this all the time, but I'm incredibly streaky. So I'll go through periods where I feel like I, I could... I could take on anyone, and then there's periods where I feel like I actually, if they stood still, I'd still wouldn't hit them. And when I, I'm feeling, I'd say confident, you're more, yeah, you're definitely more prone to like an like an unbelievably insane match where you carry me completely and get all the kills and stuff. Whereas I suppose I'd probably more hit a couple of knocks consistently, but never peak I, like you do. I yeah, I consistently trust you in a fight. Whereas I think for me, you never know what you're going to get from me. <laughs> yeah. 
You'll always have a good um, game most sessions, and there'll be one where just you just play absolutely unreal. Yeah, and then you'll and probably then get annoyed other... that you can't replicate it for the next half hour or whatever. Which is probably something that feeds into it, though. I just start getting annoyed. It's I think I think that you could probably relate that to a lot of things I do in life. Certainly golf. Like I go through periods where I'm I play really well and everything's going right, and then then when the wheels come off, I've got absolutely no ability to sit down and put the wheels back on again. They're just gone. And I just have to wait for it to come back again. So I think that's I, why I burnt the I, golf wheels for myself because the only thing I've ever actually sensibly given up when I knew it doesn't agree with my <laughs> lack of patience. <laughs> so so yeah, like wait to sort of finish my thoughts. I've got I've been rambling to all hell today. When I when I'm feeling on it with Bloodhound, her the ultimate for Bloodhound is fantastic for rushing someone. You you slap it on and you just run it slap it on scan them and just run at them and it just puts the the willies up them and it, that noise it, that he, that they make yeah the whole yeah the sort of growling noises it proper does shit you up there's nothing i think there's we've we've encountered it so many times and done it ourselves to other people just being super aggressive if you're not if you're not on your game and you're not really comfortable if you catch someone that's either learning the game yeah. or feeling their way out or not quite ready for it being hyper aggressive and clinical is just a way to absolutely wreck a team. Yeah, yeah. And Bloodhound, when you're on it with her, is a fantastic, fantastic example of a character that does that. And actually, not enough credit have we given in this to the ability to just sort of see that people have been somewhere, see where they've gone, see what they've picked up when they reloaded. Yeah. Like all of that is so useful. It if you can see this person's 20 seconds away, you know you might actually want to start trying to follow them because you can yes. catch up. Or if they're a minute away, maybe chill out. Makes me wonder. I, I've got a funny feeling that the new character coming is going to instantly become part of the meta because it just it's he seems like a far more... It certainly is ultimate. Far more... Remind me of what the ultimate is. The ultimate, basically, it'll create a bubble in the same ilk as gibraltars but i'm assuming bigger and everything everyone in that you can see them moving and where they are wow okay so it basically creates a 3d map where you can a bit like batman's detective vision yeah where you can just see everyone everywhere all the time as long as they're in that bubble okay so it's yeah it's probably what a more reliable and accurate version of bloodhounds oh but doesn't travel as far yes Yes, basically. Okay. So, like, if you if you're if you're in a circle at the end of a game, that's going to be deadly. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! I wonder how long it lasts. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think he was my uh, you know, my number three. But yeah, I could see Bloodhound going higher than that, considering it's yeah. If we're, I mean, one. if we're if yeah, so like, I guess like, what are we? My next one's Revenant, which probably would have been well, it's your number two. Yeah. Um, I've come to appreciate Revenant this time around in a way that I didn't in seasons gone by because that crawl up the side of the building is fantastic. His crouch and he moves pretty fast is also fantastic. And that, I don't like his ultimate so much, but the, the what's the other one? The LB button. The that si is, silence, yeah. Yeah, the silence thing is, is a great way of disorient, disorienting people and basically stopping them sort of vacating and using their their ultimate abil their abilities against you as well or, or I, yeah I, blocking off doors and things with it just to stop people from walking through because they yeah. don't want to go through it 
yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Revenant, and I've come come to appreciate him a lot this time around. Yeah, I, I see what you mean about the Ultimate. I feel like the Ultimate has always forced us, or you know, subconsciously forced us to play irrationally. Um, it, yeah, I'd say three. Like it makes you play irrationally. Um, it essentially makes you. You're, at some point, you, you're gonna. Well, you'll you're you're you'll die, but not die if that makes sense. And then when you come back. You're probably in the same position. You've done a bit of damage, but you've got less health now. Yeah, it takes um, up half your health, doesn't it? Yeah, so I I tend to just... If I use it, I just try and play as if I didn't have it, or I just don't use it. Yeah, I think we decided on that, didn't we? And play my game. Yeah. Do you remember there was a period of time where it might have been just one session where you kept being like... You were getting killed right after it had just run out. Yeah, that was driving me mad. Like, oh, the, where's the totem gone? And it's like, yeah. that you're actually just dead. Yeah. Oh, that's so annoying when that happens. Or if somebody else nicks it from you or destroys it, yeah. I just, I, I feel like I could be better if I if I had more of a tactical, sensible brain for that kind of thing. But it just, as I say, it just makes me play silly. Yeah. I have to rein myself in, otherwise I just go, put it down, run, and just leg it face first and just get shot before I can even get a shot off and then I've wasted it. <laughs> I've got half my health and they know where we are. And they know yeah, that they've exactly. got rid of my death totem. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it can be a, a double-edged sword, that one. Um, as a character, I mean, he, you know, he's a bit like, um, what's the one from Overwatch that's got the the dead guy in that one? Reaper. Oh, Reaper, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of got I find Revenant rude. <laughs> that oh, sounds yeah. so, so stupid, but he's just rude. And it's like, not when you've had that happen to you. It's when you're actually trying to thank someone and yeah. you can't be nice to your teammate with him. And he's just he's just refusing to thank people. Just yeah. I want no, that. Give like, it to me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, if someone says, oh, I found this, you're like, you like, I want to mark it, but you want to say, oh, thanks, I'll have that. But instead, he's just like, give me that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's mine. Don't, don't touch that. it. Yeah. Yeah, he's a douchebag. But he's not, I don't think he's as lame as Reaper. Because Reaper just or, is or like, not... like what emo kids draw in their bedrooms and put on the wall. Yeah. Whereas this one's actually got some sort of thought to it that he's what? Uh, what is he? Was he killed and then sort of rebuilt? Like, he's basically Robocop, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much. I think that's right. Um. Yeah, I, I like Revenant as well. I think I probably have my highest number of kills with him out of everybody in the game. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Especially last Actually, season. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, yeah, last season was probably our peak in playing that game. And he was, that yeah. would be your favourite, yeah. Well, especially as this season we've played so much arenas that I've basically racked up absolutely no kills in BR with anyone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a strong one as well. Any one of these three could win it. Um, the third of which are, we are talking about is Valkyrie, which is the newest character to Apex Legends, who I have just had an absolute blast playing with. She has been I, yeah, the most I fun think... new character they've introduced since I've started playing this. Like other ones, I've just gone, oh yeah, they're not actually that great after a while, mm-hmm. but she's remained viable for me. And especially in arenas, she's so useful. Yeah, I love her. I think, I think spoiler alert, I think she ultimately wins this category because I think I'm... She's not my favourite. Bloodhound's my favourite, but ultimately I'm higher on Valkyrie, I think, than you are in Bloodhound in terms of being... I, there was a period of time where I was using Valkyrie for challenges and I really, really started... Because I 
barely used her this season until I was forced to. And when I, I remember, was forced yeah. To, yeah. He's really, really, really useful character. And I, I enjoy everything she does. Her ultimate's useful, if not game-changing. Well, it's good for us because we're always getting caught in the storm. <laughs> yeah. Her, that missile blast she goes, she sets off is less damaging, but it, it makes me, it, it gets people out of cover. And, and they can't move. for flushing people out, yeah. That's perfect and, if you hit it. Yeah, and her, just her, her, her movement is... I love oh, it's it. as good as as good as Revenant, just slightly less the subtle, thing, I guess. Yeah. The only reason I put Bloodhound low down though is like I say, it's just because the character itself I just find annoying to listen to. Yeah. Whereas sure. I think in terms of actually a character that's good to play as in the game, I think Bloodhound is the best. It's the oh, most okay, useful. Really? Yeah, I think his kit is the best by far. Because I I think for for me this for me, this list goes Valkyrie, Bloodhound, Revenant, and I'll tell you why. Because Valkyrie is the only one that neither of us have got really a negative to say of. Yeah. Whereas character-wise, we've got negatives of Bloodhound, even if the functionality of the character is pro. And Revenant, neither of us like the ultimate particularly. So, yeah, I think yeah. because we've got, I think I think a car like a a gameplay sort of flaw is a bigger check or a bigger minus a check in the minus box than yeah. us not liking the character yeah okay so for me because we've got issues with those two valkyrie wins it then bloodhound and then revenant for if that makes sense okay i do love the fact that valkyrie does a little like salute when she's dropping yeah. off the thing and stuff yeah she is pretty cool oh and the drop where you get to where she where you oh yeah around and if you that use is, the ultimate you still fantastic. see that as well yeah, yeah. That's so, absolutely fantastic. Actually, yeah, there's a PSA right there. If you are Valkyrie, don't fucking drop by yourself, you selfish no, we, prick. We, we need it. Yeah, <laughs> to what's see that all about? Around. Jesus. Okay, yeah, okay, fine. We'll, um... So the top five characters in Apex Legend currently are Octane, number five. Number four, we've got Bangalore. Number three, we've got Revenant. Number two, we've got Bloodhound. Number one, we've got Valkyrie and honorable mention fuck mirage <laughs> that's that character sucks oh He's, i hate him i well, hate him who You're else is really chat? annoying i tell you what actually a, a genuine honorable mention rampart oh yes we've had some great games with rampart i like rampart she's, she's good fun yeah and it, she suits her play style as well especially yeah. now that i'm i've basically in my head gone f- again reserve the right to change my mind next season but at the moment i'm I'm full sniper. I won't take a shotgun. I'll I'll take a a machine gun and a sniper every time. Yeah. And uh, having having someone like Rampart with her shield up, that's that's really helpful. If someone that's trying not to be overly aggressive, keep people at arm's length and do a bit of extra damage and have a bit of extra cover while you're at it. Mm-hmm. She's the one. Yep. And she's definitely part of one of our favourite... This is just this is like telling someone about their dreams. It's just so boring. But well, that <laughs> moment where we set up a shield and like teams would walk in not knowing you were there and then boom, they're dead in seconds. And you can just oh. see them obviously flailing their sticks about trying to figure out what's happening before they die. <laughs> it's just it's fantastic. Yeah, the old jibby shield. We weren't even in it, were we? It was just a bait, complete bait. Yeah. Walk around the corner into you munching them with that minigun. It was so <laughs> funny. Yeah, which I guess 
moves us on. It does. What one do you want to do next? What one do you want to do next, Alex? I picked that one, so pick Yeah, let's go straight two. through the list the way we've done it. So we'll do the top five dead developers. This was quite a fun one. I enjoyed this. Yeah, so I'm just going to have to bring up a list of mine because our number fives, I, I swear yours is going to be better than mine. And I'm probably so going to... Well, while you're, while you're looking that up, I'll tell you. yours. So my number five one is is Midway Games. They've not got they've got a lot of games that I have a lot of a lot of sort of the reason this is why it's sitting at five rather than rather than higher up the list is the games I have a lot of what's the word nostalgia and affection for rather than any sort of interest in playing them today. So like things like NBA Jam, yes, the OG, the OG Mortal Kombat, Rampage World Tour, Spy Hunter, Miss Pac Man, um. All games like that, I think they're just like sort of seminal classics in the industry that I think deserve to be mentioned, at least given their sort of time in the sun, even if maybe by today's standards, we wouldn't choose to play them necessarily. Yeah, that's fair. Did you? I'm having a look at some other games that I'll just randomly shout out if I can think, if if I come across any while, you're, while we're talking about it. But Hang like, on a minute. Doom 64? Did mid midway do that? Did they? Oh, I like. No, I actively uh, yeah, like Doom sixty four. Yeah, okay. Well, I actively like Doom sixty four. I Me feel too. like that's that's something that's not a popular opinion, is it? But I I do genuinely like it. So I, I think they've somehow yeah they've pulled that into the respect it deserves. I think in recent years when they re released it, did they? So did gonna... Midway do um, Wayne Gretzky's three D hockey? I hope they uh, did. They're not on this list that I'm looking. Because I know at. they've done NFL Blitz, which I absolutely love. They did NFL. They are, yeah, so I was going to read out a couple because I wanted. Go, to know yeah, you your, go for it. Hang on. I wanted. I wanted to know your feelings on these games. I'm. Try, I'll pick ones that I think you've definitely heard of, but also not sure if. Oh no, that was Williams, wasn't it? You've heard of Cruising World, Cruising USA. Uh, I think are they're supposed like, to be quite good, like, aren't they? What's that racing game that you like? Are they? Are they like pure man's versions of? Oh, outrun that outrun yeah is that the kind yeah, of idea I think they so. are they're probably more of a poor man's version of like ridge racer right okay that makes sense they also did demolition derby which i remember on the ps1 yeah uh, obviously mortal kombat 2 3 and mortal kombat mortal kombat 2 3 and 4 they did the og killer instinct and killer instinct 2 which was a, a uh fighting game they that must be a port surely let me uh, have a quick look at this yeah they they distributed it it was developed by rare that one yeah okay i was about to say i read that and i thought this cannot be correct but yeah okay they distributed it then they've also got hydro thunder do you remember playing that on xbox 360 uh, i know it's, the, it's a, the um like a what do you describe it? jet ski not jet ski speedboat game right yes um yep they did that the, the classic sports games nba jam nba jam is legend NHL hits, NFL blitz. NHL hits is also really fun. Off road, like, I, you won't have heard of this game, but I got this game for like five pounds at a charity shop. Off road thunder, and that was so much fun. That game. Off road thunder. Out, yeah, came, it was on the N sixty four. Came out in ninety seven. It was one of those so bad it's good games. Um, let's see what else we've got. They published the game The Suffering, which was like a spiritual sequel to Shadow Man, which I really really loved as well. Yes. Um, and its sequel, by the look of it as well. 
realistically, it's like arcade sports games, isn't it? That Midway yeah, did. Yeah, like they came, they sort of came at the time that video games were moving. They were, the arcade existed, and because they've got a lot of arcade, they've got a lot of pinball games in here. But they, they were did, sort of that. They did Stranglehold. Yeah. Um, Fucking love Stranglehold. That's the like the Chow Yun the, Fat John the Woo John, game. The John Woo game. Yeah, yeah. that was wicked. Uh, ramp like so like a lot of these games have got like arcade feels about them yeah but on a console so like rampage world tour is one another one an example of that as is well spy hunter um there's another one i saw while i was reading that out and i thought i need to remember fucking smash tv mate smash tv so yeah very 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 arcadey games that were moving they've got space invaders here they must have licensed that i think yeah it looks like they licensed that at some point so that doesn't count um so yeah there's a lot of games there's a lot of games that this this company did oh ready to rumble boxing did you play that oh yeah on the dreamcast oh yeah right um i had that on n64 so oh did you okay yeah TNA Impact, they did that as well. That's right. That must be their claim section, surely, because that was like the old wrestling games, right? Well, let's, Which is so your... yeah, let's briefly then jump into my top, uh, my number five, because mine, I put a claim, but from what I can see from this list here, they actually did a lot of publishing stuff, but I, it does seem to be around the late 90s that Acclaim started to develop their own games with Acclaim Studios in like Teesside and London and stuff. So they yeah. did, they did Shadow Man. They did WWF Attitude, which was probably yes. one of the first wrestling games I really loved. Yeah, except try to do a finisher, man. Oh, God, it's like playing Street Fighter, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's 12, 12 input code to make Mr. Soft yeah. come out. Yeah. <laughs> South Park Chef's Love Shack is underrated. Um, yeah. I had a great time playing that with you in your, in your house when you lived in Aberdeen. <laughs> Uh, oh my god oh no they published Buster Move oh, I was about to say but yeah see I think Acclaim don't really stick around here because they seem to have done more publishing than they did developing so like they did you know Criterion developed things like Burnout and they published a lot of NBA Jam and Turok I suppose they did develop Turok by the look of it or was that but Turok shit so why would I even talk about that <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i think acclaim i probably attributed to a lot more of the midway stuff because they probably published it and iguana i don't know if they were like a subsidiary of it oh they were okay so then turned iguana entertainment turned into acclaim studios austin okay so that's they did a lot of like wwf Warzone, (laughs) iggy's wrecking balls they did all the tarot games as well um so I think that list of midway games you read out is so strong that Acclaim just needs to be immediately removed and never spoken of ever again. <laughs> By Acclaim. They will still stay dead while we will bold midway and then you can now talk about that company that I don't want to pronounce because I don't really know how. Signosis. There we go. Um, so this is a, this is another one that... that actually now we've gone through the games i may have switched signosis and midway round actually in in hindsight but i think they're still worth speaking about and discussing this is a company that have made games that you definitely have heard of problem is is they changed their name at some point so i'm just sort of grouping the whole company in as one Mm -hmm. at some point it got bought by sony and became sce studio liverpool so they have made games like 
Shadow of the Beast, Lemmings, Wipeout, Colony Wars, and they also started making Formula One games at some point, which were which were quite good. They also have done things like Adidas Power Soccer. <laughs> um and I'm trying I'm having a quick look through other games that maybe are worth but the 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 the, the real the real one for me was Lemmings and Wipeout. Um because at some point they did become a bit of a a bit of a port studio. Yeah. So they've got like Destruction Derby that they moved on to the the N sixty four. Um do you remember a game called G Police? I feel like I remember that. Crazy Ivan, which I think is a tank <laughs> game. I used to own that actually. I Did had you? a yeah, I got I so briefly I think the, the company went bust, but I was I was a member of a like a subscription retro video game company and I got sent Crazy Ivan on PlayStation <laughs> one month. Fantastic. From that. Um yeah, like I'm looking through these. They've got a lot, a lot of games, but that's really the ones that stick out to me. I think I think their their real legacy in the video game industry has got to be Wipeout and Lemmings. So not sure they hang, but those are those are absolute classics. And it's a shame I've not seen a Wipeout in a while. Um, yeah. How many sorry, how many Wipeout games are there outside of the original one? Do they they did Wipeout, a re-release, right? We've got Wipeout, Wipeout 64, Wipeout 2097, slash Wipeout XL, Wipeout 3, Wipeout 3 Special Edition. That's what I've got here. That's more um, than I thought there were. Let's see if they've done... I'm sure they re-released Wipeout, though. See, I keep putting publishers in here, which is a real issue. <laughs> I don't really know what to do, because we've talked about dead developers. These are not developers that I'm putting in this fucking list. Well, let's let's have a look. See, who have you got next? THQ. They, they develop games. Who's your number four? They do now, as THQ Nordic, but the games I cared about, which is basically every wrestling game of the uh, late Yeah, that's, the, that's what I'm waiting for. That was Ukes, who was still alive. Oh. Oh, right. You just published it. So if I go to, well, let's go to, let's go around, what, what, what year was WWF No Mercy? That was like SmackDown, just bring it. It's all Ukes. So, so why I don't put, we replace THQ with Ukes? Because they're not dead. <laughs> they're apparently <laughs> still going. They're going to do the AEW game. So that yeah. should be excellent. But that WWF No Mercy was AKI Corporation. That's why he had like that Aki man. Because. Fucking hell, AKI. Hang on a minute. Are they still alive? So they do, who did Darksiders? And Homefront. Company it, of Heroes. The Blob. Who did all those? Darksiders. Because that's, un, that's under THQ. Vigil Games. Oh, you're right. Okay, they are publishers. Yeah. Well, okay. We could, I guess we could take AKI Corporation. Because <laughs> yeah, they are now it. called... Sin Sophia Inc. They were formerly known as AKI and The Man Breeze. Okay. What on earth? But they did WCW, World Tour, Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy, Def Jam, Vendetta, Fight for New York. Um, that's basically all they did that's worth talking about from what I can see here. Some of the best wrestling games ever made, though, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And... It's a real shame looking at the way wrestling games have gone of late, but hopefully there's yeah. a window of light with AEW wrestling. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I hope Ukes can can knock that out of the park because WWE games are not worth playing anymore. Um, 
Okay, so I'm going to change THQ to AKI, but I don't think they hang anyway, because they've only made wrestling games, and technically they're not really dead. They've just been sort of bought out by somebody else. So... Yeah. Because if I get rid of that, then we've got Midway there, who get my vote, basically, at number five. Then we've yep. got one, two, three, four... We've got five left. So we've just got to cut one. Okay. So let's move Sweet. on to our... Combined number three. Combined number three. You tell us a bit about Neversoft, Alex. Neversoft. Ah, good old Neversoft. Are they... So they haven't actually made a comeback, have they, with the re-release of um, the Tony Hawk game. That was developed by Vicarious Visions, wasn't it? So they they still do not exist. They have been defunct since 2014. Apparently they got merged with Infinity Ward and just became a Call of Duty support studio. Yeah, that's a real shame. Because, I mean, Neversoft... Basically, I've only ever really done two franchises of note, um, uh, except a couple of, as you say, Call of Duty games right near the end where they got swallowed up by Infinity Ward. But basically, they've done Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Guitar Hero. I actually think this is a bit of a shame of a studio and their story is a bit of a shame because they obviously, if you look at their stuff before, I'm trying to look, I, I don't know what like Skeleton Wars, MDK, Apocalypse and they've got Spider-Man popping in here, but then they sort of struck gold with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and then just became the Tony Hawk's studio for a while, and then they released a game called Gun, didn't do very yeah, well, and then, and then and then you see a slow decline in Tony Hawk, and then they sort of just got forced to, I mean, like, because I don't see the the crossover in expertise between the old school Tony Hawk games and the Guitar Hero games, so I feel like they were just sort of squished into a box and just told by sony to do what they do what they're told really and and then as soon as they sort of lost their use i.e when guitar hero and people stopped buying yeah buying plastic instruments they just got made to be a support studio for call of duty and and like to me like if we say that again like tony hawk to guitar hero to call of duty there's absolutely no through line of expertise there so like if you're making games you can't develop a sort of reputation for being good at a specific aspect of a game you don't develop it you're not like the horror studio like we have on this list coming up later on you don't Mm. become the fantasy studio which another game on this list could be argued you're just sort of shunted around yeah which i think is a little bit of a shame they they made they made the best of a bad situation for a lot of years they did unfortunately unfortunately met their end yeah, I mean, I'd argue you. Guitar Hero 3 is easily the best Guitar Hero game. So even if they did pick it up from, what, Harmonics after they were bought out yeah. by is it MTV Games or some That's shit? Right. Um, that was, yeah, they, they obviously perfected that. But, I mean, we've probably already waxed lyrical about Tony Hawk's on here before. I'm sure we probably must have done at some so, point. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I wrote a speech at some point about Tony Hawk's. So yeah. <laughs> you don't need to re, re-dive re dive back down that rabbit hole. But Yeah. But I mean, I always I always associated Neversoft with being like the rock and roll development studio. Even their logo is pretty punk. Yeah. The fucking spike or the spear going through that eye. Um, I wish I had listened to. It. I think Jason in one of Jason Schreier's book he speaks about Neversoft. And I oh, wish does I had he? Gone through. It. Yeah, one of the two. Um, and I just can't remember much about it, unfortunately. Um. But yeah, I mean, having only done that small number of IPs, it might, unfortunately, they might get they might end up getting cut, which is funny because it's well, 
Uh, let's hear your argument for your number two, I suppose. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we've yeah we had, I mean sensible software is it basically how I started playing video games. That's what I grew up on. From the that's the very first sort of experiences I had was playing their games. So let's go through what they did. Sensible software. Oh, is there a sensible software book? Oh my god, I need to read it. I wonder if they've actually ever developed anything other than sensible soccer and <laughs> cannon fodder. Nope, not really. Megalomania. I remember trying to play that, but being too stupid in, uh, what year was it, 1991 to understand what was going on. So, yeah, uh, it's really, yeah, you might, these might end up going right down the bottom or being cut, but sensible soccer was everything to me as a young kid getting into football and computer games at the same time on my Amiga. I was obsessed, utterly obsessed with Sensible Soccer. I would play it for hours and hours and hours at a time, for years and years. Um, but other than that, Cannon Fodder I actually find really difficult to play. Um, so really, they're only in here because I love Sensible Soccer so much and I and I wish somebody was still around to make it. But I don't know if that necessarily makes them hang. I mean, I, I'm, I would, I'm happy to leave their their fate up to you in this one. I don't have any particular... I'm actually not even 100% sure I've played Sensible Soccer. Okay. So um, I've got no affinity towards them whatsoever, but if they're so important and seminal for you as an experience in becoming a, the gamer you are today, that's argument enough that they should be in here to me. Yeah, maybe they can go right at the bottom, but I don't want to see midway cut from this from what we discussed and what we've realized that they had a hand in. I feel like they've done more of note than Neversoft have. So you're right. Maybe they do get cut. Yeah. Um, ultimately, um, I wonder, let's, let's keep them on the, keep Neversoft in, but on the chopping block at the moment. Will I tell you about, cause my next one on the list, which is my number two game is Lionhead studios. Um, I have a huge people have obviously me included got their opinions on how Peter Molyneux as a, yeah, as a personality developed over the years um and maybe i i actually i think what i'm trying to think about how to put this in a fair way like what peter molyneux got known for essentially lying to people over and over again mm -hmm. I, I i don't think he ever went out on stage and consciously i don't know but i don't I, from what i get of him and from what i've seen in the, the copious amount of interviews we've watched of him or personality led like TM YouTube shows and things like that. He doesn't seem like a man that consciously went out to lie people. I think he, he seems like a man who was genuinely passionate about what he did and had a tendency to get overexcited and overpromise and as a result underdeliver, partly because he got so excited, but also partly because he was he was allowed unfettered access to the media without being reined in in any way. A bit like well, I mean you could say the same about the the sprawling, I would say, mess that many Kojima games end up being because yeah. no one's there to rein him in, and no one he doesn't have an editor, and he doesn't have someone saying, "Look, that's if that's what you're aiming for, then that's great, but let's not promise something we can't definitely deliver on." So I ended up feeling quite sorry for him in the end, even yeah, yeah. if he did get some some rightly justified criticism. Yeah, he was just but, a bit of a hyperbolic, sort of excitable bluster merchant, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um. um but some of the games and some of his legacy left in the industry, um, I think, are important. So, like, Black and White 
which I think is still probably would be the would be a quite a niche a niche title at this point but it was a game that i, I mean i've got i've got a big soft spot spot soft spot for strategy and sort of top down construction games and this was one that tried to engage with the player and and fable fable they did go on to try and build on these things and engage with the player beyond the sort of surface level and try and really explore how to get an emotional reaction from players so mm-hmm. that would be like and and to the point that these games black and white and fable depending how you how you played looks very simplistic now but at the time it felt groundbreaking the, the game changed and and warped or molded to the way that the player was trying to trying to play and and we we give we give rightly so we give games like bioshock a lot of praise for sort of maybe seeming quite quaint by today's standards but also kickstarting a revolution in game storytelling i think yeah the way in which developers elicit emotion from players has its roots right back to these games which for me is why it's important and why it's it's number two on my list i've got a lot i can't wait for the next fable i really hope they do a good job of it even though it's years and years away but Um, ultimately who's involved with that then the new fable game Mm. That is a good fable. One thing one thing I will say to kind of add to what you said about Lionhead is that um and I guess in defense of Peter Molyneux, um his exaggerations or overexcitement has never really um sort of resulted in his games being terrible or really bad as a result of whatever he's talked about not being there. Like not any none of black or white or black and white, sorry, black and white two, Fable one, two, three. None of those are thought of as bad games, right? Even if he mm. maybe described things that didn't end up in the games or whatever, everybody yeah. still likes those games. They are not bad because of what he did or said. So, as a studio, they still have created games that people absolutely love. I've never really played any of them, so I can't really comment. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 the fable games are the reason i love rpgs and the reason mm. i like like which then builds on to like dragon age and mass effect and latterly the witcher like these are games that well certainly the 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 witcher that you and i are very passionate about and it's mm. because of these games that it's because of the fable games really that i discovered i love massive sprawling storytelling games so out of int- just as a little caveat before we move on um, this the the team that are making making Forza making Forza I've just ruined it but the team that are making <laughs> the new Fable are Playground Games who are the Forza oh, Horizon okay. developers which is absolutely mad as a box of frogs yeah I don't know <laughs> who knows what they're going to come up with there but yeah I mean to look at Fable like that um, I guess to equate it to me they're not really the same type of game but they, they sound as if they're basically your Zelda for me yeah, absolutely. They absolutely are. Yeah. So, so just, I think, I th- yeah, I was going to say, I think I, if I, if it was my list, obviously it'd be second, but I think I would, I would, I would like to push, I, I would like to push to have them on the list. Um, Again, like I don't have the, you don't, you don't have, I, you maybe don't have the direct affection for it, but you've got affection, extreme affection for games that I think have a, have their roots in Fable. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah, I think, um, I think it's an important developer. I'm not, we're not cutting them that's for sure um, there's no way they're, they're getting cut um what's your gut if we're because so what if 
if we're left with Cygnosis, Neversoft, Lionhead, and Sensible Soccer, what what would you be Sensible Software? Sorry, what would you be cutting? Cygnosis is that is yeah. that is that one that would maybe be on the chopping block? Yeah, purely because I don't think I've ever really played any of their games. Yeah, well, let's do that then. If we've both agreed on Neversoft and like, like I say, I think they're. I, f- I kind of feel sorry for the. It, to me, they look mistreated. Um, yeah. But the games they did make were fantastic. Like the Guitar Hero series and the, and the Tony Hawk series are, well, the industry they're legendary industry games, aren't they? They're not. Yeah. They're not niche. They are just no. They're massive. They're massive, massive franchises. So I would say now at this point we're going to have. Midway at number four and Neversoft at number three, and then Lionhead at number two. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. While I type this in the spreadsheet, you can tell us about what we've both picked for number one and why. Both picked for number one, we have Visceral Games. And this is going to be an interesting conversation, actually, because I assume for the most part, Visceral Games are on this list, certainly for me, because of the Dead Space series. Is that Absolutely. correct? Absolutely. Um, previous to Dead Space, let's have a look at what they've done. They've done Future Cop, LAPD, then they did the the Tiger Woods games for a while. Oh, F1. great. F1 oh, that includes my favourite Tiger Woods game, actually. Number 2004, which I still play to this day. Yes. Lord of the Rings F1. games were the absolute tits as well. Yes, they were. Rumble Racing was good fun. Um, the Godfather. I, 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 I have feelings in that game, actually. And I think it was... If this is a game I'm remembering, this had... Yes, I'm sure it did. I'm going to say this at the, at the risk of making a fool of myself, but this had what I would class as a very, very early version of the Nemesis system. That really? Appeared. Yes. So you would go around in this game and there would be capos and different people in the hierarchy. And your job was to try and take out the underlings to then give you access to the, the person above them and slowly take back areas and... If you you could stumble across different people in different areas, it didn't have the memory and it didn't have the sort of well, the nemesis at part of it, but yeah. it, it it had the same sort of build up in which you went looking for different people to take them down and and if you took down if you took down say a certain capo, then enemies or mafia people that you would come up against later in the game wouldn't have body armor, for example, or yeah. they would have worse guns, um, and or they would lose funding, so they didn't have as many people around, or didn't have as many cars going around that could follow you and chase you after. And it was really, really ahead of its time. Um, so that was an excellent game. And then obviously they then moved on to doing things like, I'm assuming this Sims stuff is like ports. No, yeah. they've got Microsoft Windows. For, well, my Sims, yeah. Um, then the, then they move on to Dead Space. Dante's Inferno. Did, that seems like an Alex game. Were you a fan of that? I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that's they've got a couple of games here that are like all right yeah so but they're like you know perfectly enjoyable games that one army of two devil's cartel that was perfectly okay yep um i think this is one a, more this, oh dead space extraction is, is actually supposed to be a very good light gun game this is another example this is another game or studio sorry that pops up in the jason schreier book so if anyone's got any audible credits i highly recommend you get on his books because they're really really interesting but um yeah this is another example of a studio that basically got shunted from pillar to post and yeah they they wanted to become like the the industry de facto horror game series but dead space didn't sell 
X million that the the EA expected them to do, so they got moved on to Battlefield Hardline, which they assumed would 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 sell more, which I think it probably did. But they had a lot of developer. They they hemorrhaged a lot of talent at that time because people didn't want to go from horror games to first person shooters that were yeah. At the same time, it was about it was about um, arresting people at a time that police brutality was coming along. I mean, that's not its own fault, but. That was another problem that they ex- experienced at the same time. Um, but Dead Space is this game. Surely this this company's legacy, don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Are you? What's your? Are you excited for the new one? You don't know enough about it, right? Yeah. Oh, I know that Visceral Games aren't developing it. I don't know if anybody from Visceral Games is. So worried. Um, they've apparently. I saw something that said, "Oh, don't you know? Don't worry about it." They they're really trying to make it as you know faithful as they can whilst keeping it fresh. They're not gonna well they haven't said they're not gonna spam it with free to play microtransaction shit. But those two games, Dead Space and Dead Space Two, are among the finest of the entire generation in which they came out. Hundred um, percent. And for that to have just been ruined against their will, I assume. Um, or at least against the blueprint that they created in the first two yeah. to to ruin it so much in the third one and then effectively like punish the studio for its failures and then make them defunct is well EA right so yeah, yeah all over um, so I for think, that reason they are our best dead developer yeah because they they built something that really we needed at that time like. As you said earlier on, horror games kind of needed that shot in the arm that this gave the, them. Do you think and it gave Resident Evil the kick up the backside it needed? Oh, ultimately? it has to have done. Yeah, I would yeah. have thought so. I can't. So I, I if this it, came out in two thousand and eight, was that after? Was that after Resident Evil Five? Oh, interesting. I try, yes, yeah, it would come out. I, I think so. Bucket. Uh, well, no, that came out in two thousand and nine, but it was it was announced in two thousand and five. So. Um, maybe it just kind of made Resident Evil look a bit ridiculous after it. After I, Death I Space think I released on plenty of our old pods, I've I've smugly proclaimed Dead Space to be my favorite Resident Evil game. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's what it is. It's it's atmospheric. It's it's scary. It is even today. It's still a good game. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Do you? I still remember this day, the first time I was playing this game, and you get chased into the lift by yep. that alien, and it almost busts through and gets you. That felt frantic in a way that I don't remember having played in games before. Agreed, completely agree. I never felt at ease in that game ever. I was always just but, on the edge. What do you think about the one thing I've always I keep meaning to ask you whenever I think about Dead Space is like. Even their sound design, I love you. Know, like when, yeah, oh, so like obviously yeah. you, you can hear the the aliens going about, but then when you go out into space, the silence of it and the way they can sneak up on you, in a way that obviously they can't do while you're on the space station. And I, yeah, I just think this is such a good series, such a good series. Yeah, and is this the one? Are they the guys who were making that Amy Hennig Star Wars game? Yes, they are. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, the one that. I actually think a lot of Star Wars fans probably wanted to play more than most of other Star Wars games that have been announced in the last 10 years. Yes. And they got shut down in the middle of doing it after EA tried to... There's got what did to they be say a... they were going to do? Re... Oh, they were going to like try and change it into 
a free to play or like a live yeah, series game. I know they used basically. a horrible word and I can't remember what it was, but just felt like they got cut down unfairly when they had a lot more to give certainly in the dead space series yeah and dead space 3 is such an affront to that series as well that they were forced yeah. into by by ea and do you did you ever play the dlc for that so apparently i don't know where i picked this up but i was watching people talk about how the remake was really the only place ea could go because visceral games in the dlc essentially just blow up the whole universe and kill everyone do they yeah and just basically so like isaac's gone there's no world really left to actually discuss because that's it they just totally scut like blow torpedo their own franchise <laughs> at the end of it which is fantastic that is great so essentially yeah this has to be a remake if they're going to continue the dead space franchise and go from there and hopefully they do i want to see it i want to see them in resident evil fighting off to be the best horror game yeah franchise absolutely i've just found the quote is they said we needed to pivot the design that's what they said about that Get star wars game fuck Get off out of here. pivot pivot um yeah well I, I run to the toilet alex you tell the audience our top five dead developers because i don't think we've done that yet have let's we? do it so number five we have sensible software number four we have the arcade sports kings midway Number three, we have the skateboarding rock and roll heroes of Neversoft. Number two, Peter Molyneux and his gang of potential liars, but also great game makers at Lionhead. And number one, the kings of horror who were stricken from their throne by greedy androids. We have Visceral Games, which finally brings us on to our last top five of the day, which is not going to be a positive one, but should be a fun one anyway. And that is our top five worst games that IGN scored 10 out of 10 gta 4 is not a bad game it's just no. not a 10 out of 10 no not i like all. gta 4 <laughs> it's just not a 10 out of 10 who played that game and sat through all that stupid bullshit with his cousin doing all those forced mini games and all that wank and then said 10 out of 10 mate there's nothing yep. wrong with this game i'll tell you who nothing. did IGN. Yeah. <laughs> um shall we start do we need to say any more no i mean like it's gta is not right. I've spiked the hell out of the mic there, but yeah, it's a perfectly fine game. I mean, it's just it's just nowhere near as good as GTA 3 or GTA 5. Obviously, in hindsight, you didn't know GTA 5 was coming, but... Yeah. Like, I don't think Nico Bellic's a particularly fun... He's not a bad character, but he's not fantastic. He, he the, wasn't very likeable, was he? He went the, the too sh- far from anti no. into just piece of shit guy. And the shooting in GTA games has never been fantastic. And the driving mechanics, oh my god, the physics in, in the GTA 4 are the worst in the series. They like, kind of it's kind of stuck in that that middle part, isn't it? Where like GTA 3 was this groundbreaking, sort of industry-defining behemoth of a game that just blew everybody's minds in the way that it brought 3D action gaming into a completely new level. Yep. And then GTA 5 really perfected that and is still going today and it's probably the most profitable game ever oh, and then gta 4 is just kind of like the bit where they didn't quite get it right still do we want to be realistic because that is the that, to me that's the problem with the driving is is it's like it didn't know if it wanted to be a realistic driving game or not yeah and it tried to be both realistic and arcadey and doesn't really manage either yeah 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I really got into it at the time. I played it quite a lot. More than I played yeah. 5, because I just got tired of the formula oh, by the I end of I 5. Compl- I think I've played through 5 twice in, in, in its entirety. Okay. You definitely got further than I did then. Yeah, I just love it. As we'll find out, I just love a sprawling, fun open world game, which is why I want to play Days Gone. Yeah. Which is why I think I'll probably like it. But you are kind of playing your number four game. Yeah. It's quite funny, actually, that, yeah, that we we both included Skyward Sword in here. Despite the fact that I then went and bought it, having already having put it in this list, I then went and bought the remake on the Switch. Um, it's another one that seems like people seem to be a bit more positive, or at least you do. I, I reading your review of this game from ten years ago, you were way more positive in the review than I remember. Like I, in my head, if you had asked me prior to reading that, does Alex like Skyward Sword? I would have said probably not. But yeah. I think I really then soured on it more and more. And then as this remake got announced and I started thinking about it, I thought that if they're going to iron out the terrible things in this game, it might actually be fun and playable again. But it came out at a time when it did a lot of good things, not great things, but pretty good things for motion control, but really didn't push the Zelda series forward in any other way. And it's almost like they threw all their eggs into the motion control basket that they didn't do enough to make it feel modern in any other way. Really, yeah. it ended, ended up just feeling gimmicky because I think a lot of times in that review, I, I compared the game to Skyrim and was sort of saying like, you know, Sky, every single character in Skyrim is voiced. You know, you can go anywhere in Skyrim. There's loads of variation in the, uh, you know, the, um, the areas of the game. There's loads of great storytelling, whereas Skyward Sword... He has one of the most annoying side characters ever in the fee-fi character. There's hardly any voice... Well, there's no voice acting in it at all. It's all just reading text. There's only three main areas in the entire game. And so it just felt like Zelda was getting really stuck in this... Yeah. Until Breath of the Wild came out and was what it was, I really had no idea how they were going to bring it back to being a top-tier level series. Um the only thing that Skyward Sword really had going for it at the time was it had some really excellent dungeon designs, especially one involving like time travel mechanics. Yeah, I've heard people say it's among the best it's ever been in yeah. Skyward Sword. Yeah, had some great boss fights in it as well. But a 10 out of 10 game is utterly ludicrous. It really is, because it had so many things wrong with it that just felt like, even however long ago this was, 2008, was still just Nintendo being stubbornly Nintendo and not moving with the times and looking at what their competition was doing. In the West, an area of the development industry that doesn't make good RPGs, or at least didn't until that era, because JRPGs was basically all you had for most of the 90s and those generations, to then have the West come along and basically do RPGs better than the people who basically invented the genre in gaming. Yeah showed how bad Nintendo was kind of getting at this point and how Zelda was just really flatlining. And yeah, they saved it with Breath of the Wild, but Skyward Sword is nowhere close to a 10 out of 10. Even now, even on the Switch, it's not close. Because mm-hmm. the story's just shit. It's just <laughs> standard stuff. Oh, Zelda's the princess, but she doesn't realise it yet. But she will do, and Link kind of likes her, but she doesn't really know that. And Link's going to become the hero of time, even though he's just a normal kid. That was basically it. So, yeah, they were mad to say this was a 10 out of 10. Um, go for your number four. 
I've not played my, this game probably because of what you're about to say, putting me off. Uncharted it. Three. This is another one that's a very, very good game, but it's definitely not a ten because it is. It doesn't move the game or the series on in any way whatsoever. So Uncharted One was a good game, not great. Had a real pacing problem around the middle <laughs> of the game. Yeah. Uncharted Uncharted Two was was a 10 out of 10 an absolute classic yep. uncharted 3 is just uncharted 2 again and it by that in my opinion by that for that very reason it can't be a 10 because it's not amazing it's just doing everything that uncharted 2 had done before again and and to be honest at this point the story the story was becoming a bit tired because there's only so many times you can get Nathan Drake and Elena together then make them break up again to mm-hmm. only come back together at the end of the game. And it was an ended they ended in sort of a a way that left you feeling like, right, that's the series done now. And then Uncharted Four came along to really finish the series. And I ended up thinking, look, no, these guys have this is how you finish the series. This is how you close the book on Nathan Drake. Which again and again like they reviewed this before uncharted came along so you can't you can't knock them for this but yeah it made uncharted 3 just look even more bland than it actually is and like i say like like it's it's one of these another ones it's not a bad game it is just two again and just because it's two because it's two again it can't be a 10 surely can't be a 10 yeah i'm just i'm I'll actually want to look at this because i don't understand it's fucking greg miller i don't understand how if the game is basically just the same thing again and hasn't like anyone surely who played the game would look at it and go well i didn't really do anything new could anybody say it did x tell me one thing that it's done that the other one hadn't done and therefore that that can't make it the pinnacle can it if it's just a steady end so uh, i'm just trying to figure I mean, in, out what in he my felt. i don't know if you i don't know if you agree with this while you're skimming through that well he says like, to uncharted 2 felt too much like uncharted 1 that's that's not true uncharted 2 was dramatically different from one in my opinion mm. yeah fact, i it, couldn't agree more in my opinion uncharted 2 is one of my favorite games and and and, and after uncharted 2 came out i think i would have told people that it is one of my favorite ongoing series if uncharted 2 was just like one again. I stopped playing one for a long time because of the, the the bad pacing, and then sort of forced my way through to the end, and ended up enjoying it retrospectively. But Uncharted Two had me gripped. But like, yeah, to sort of close the loop of what I was saying, if you have Uncharted Two and then you bring out a game that is ex- exactly as good as Uncharted Three, it's just not as good a game because it's not amazing. It doesn't amaze the player or wow the player or excite yeah. you in the same yeah. way as Two did because it's equally as good so it's it's, it is inherently less impressive because it's just as good as the one you've already played yeah exactly so he's saying some things here about how they got the stealth sections were gone or maybe better but mainly he's just going on about the story which i I don't know if it was any any better or what It, it was good but no better and I'm trying to remember the end of three now. So I think one of the He's no, done a I do lot remember the, about end. the multiplayer in here as well. I do so remember I don't really know why that's important in an Uncharted so, game. 
a lot of criticism criticism or people things that didn't people didn't like about the uncharted games was they were sort of indiana jones yep. set in reality yeah kind of silly games but then at the end they went all supernatural so there was like zombie nazis at the end of the first one at the end of the second one you were fighting some tree sap man who drank tree sap and just <laughs> became like superhuman yeah and then at the end of the third one they sort of tried to subvert that because you went on, you went down into this lost city and you came across these what looked like monkey men that were hunting you, but then it turned out they were just normal men in a suit. <laughs> but then when you sat and they were like, oh, it sort of subverted it and got rid of the thing that people don't like. But then when you actually thought about it, when you first see these monkey men, they can climb up vertical walls like spiders. So you're like, well... What are they? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It was How like the game forgot suits? that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Uncharted Four is just fantastic again. But Uncharted Four three, is good. Yeah, really good. But, but I thought three, the storytelling in that was excellent. Yes, and they do. And they've learned over the years. But Naughty Dog do set pieces unlike anyone else in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. That set piece when you're going through the town on the. I just had a grin on my face when you were doing that car chase through the town, and you end up hanging off the side of a bridge. The way he's hanging, the way he's being dragged by the thing. Yeah. The, yeah, so good. So, so good. The clock tower bit as well, where you're all falling through that and it crumbles, it crumbles yeah. to the ground. Yeah, it's a really, really it's a good game. I don't know why I'd ever want to go play a three at this point. Because of what... Yeah, you wouldn't. Unless you were trying four to is, experience the story again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which maybe Greg Miller wants to. I don't know. But he kept yeah. talking about the multiplayer, which I would say, without having experienced anything other than two, is probably a completely forgettable throwaway add-on that wasn't needed. It's exactly it's exactly that. At least at least like The Last of Us tried to do something different with your base stuff and collecting things. Mm-hmm. Like Uncharted Two is no sorry three is is a completely serviceable third person yeah multiplayer sure. Um, my number three. I would probably cut immediately because I the only reason the... I've got it in that space there is because as we discussed before we started recording this, that not many of these games are actually terrible. They're all good, like all yeah. pretty much really good games. Yeah. I beat Skyward Sword and GTA 4, which is why they were lower than this. But Metal Gear Solid 5, I just couldn't get on with. I know it's great. I'm just shite mm-hmm. at it. And I got really annoyed with that fact that I could never do stealth properly and just kind of gave up on it. But I can see that it's a great game. I don't think it's 10 out of 10 because um, I think some of the mechanics are weird. The base stuff's weird. The story is fucking mental. The story is mad. It doesn't have um, David Hater is, in it. The and that stuff. Oh, my God. And that, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that is really embarrassing. Um, but I'm assuming you quite like it. I so yeah so I think I think this isn't a ten but I also love it um but for slightly different so I think that first area is a is a ten out of ten and absolutely fantastic yeah. um but I don't think it ever hits those highs again once you leave that first area I don't think any subsequent area that you visit is as good as the first bit um and then isn't the, the yeah, you're third right. act like just the same bit again. So, doesn't it repeat See, itself a, at the end or something? Yeah, I think, yeah, if, if my memory's right. Um, and this, the second area is like a jungle a jungle thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I actually um, got that far. But. but yeah, like just like sneaking in and like 
evac like sticking people into your evac or picking a sheep up and sending it back <laughs> to your oil rig was absolutely yeah. really fun and things like putting up a cardboard cutter cut out of yourself yeah was like funny and just like because it was open in a way sneaking into bases were fun because you felt like you had some agency and planning over it which yeah. is probably the exact criticism i'm going to end up the the exact inverse criticism i'll end up making for my number one game yes yeah um so yeah i'm gonna cut it out because i don't think it deserves to be in the top five worst games that they gave a 10 out of 10 it's the total meme game as well which i do enjoy watching you can do <laughs> people have done some great shit which is why i wish i was good at it um it's not a game i'm probably prepared to give up on either i may eventually try it again but um let's move so you your number three was skyward sword anyway yep. so we can pass I, over that yeah Let's talk about your number two and my number one, which is the only game in this whole thing that I actively hate, which is I, The Witness. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't... I don't, you, you didn't like the puzzles, did you? I thought the puzzles were okay. I didn't love them, and mm. I didn't get who to... I remember listening to coverage about this game at the time, and people were like whipping out notebooks to try and take note of things and work out puzzles on their own. Like I just never fell in love with the game Completely to actually agree. Want, want to do that. I'm i didn't find the world engaging i thought nope. it was quite quite bland um and just just a bit slow and yeah. it, and don't get me wrong i'm not against slow games like I, i'm a big fan of many walking simulators like firewatch is one of the best stories i've played in it's definitely probably in the top 10 stories i've played in the last last generation of games yeah. so like, i, I not, love a puzzle game as well yeah it's just this one didn't speak to me. It felt like it was trying to be... If it was a dinner, it would be served to me not on a plate, but on a slate. And oh, it would be that is so served to me on. by someone with a nice gem haircut and a checked shirt. And it just felt a bit hipsterish to me. I used to get so annoyed that... like. When I heard people talking about this game and they were all going on about like, first of all, it's one of those typical games where people say you have to get to X part of the game before it gets really good and opens itself up. So I never got that far. And I was just kind of sat banging my head against these boring puzzles thinking, sorry, when does this get good? Because right now it's shit and I'm yeah. not enjoying the puzzles and they're the same thing over and over again. And I just want to do the bits of discovery that you guys have all seen, where somehow then the world becomes a puzzle or whatever. But at the moment, I'm just doing stupid line puzzles, and they're really boring. And there's no yeah. music. And as you say, it doesn't look that incredible. It didn't blow me away with its visuals. I completely agree with you, the fact that it's just... just felt like it became this thing that people wanted to feel smart that having beaten and just be like, oh, no, it's amazing. When you when you realize what's actually going on, it's fucking amazing. But it's just kind of like, yeah, but I didn't realize that because I couldn't even do the boring puzzles at the beginning. So Did they I'm out. want to make Hades? Is that the same people? I fucking hope not, no. This is just this is Jonathan Blow. This is Braid Man, isn't it? Oh, uh, okay. Who I'm almost certain has a bit of an elitist attitude about gamers and how they all have to get his games to appreciate them and whatnot but for me yeah this absolutely takes place at number one because I, I really just did not get on with it at all i just didn't find any of it engaging i, I kept banging my head against it thinking but people say this gets great i need to find i want to see that bit and then after a while, I, just thought, I don't even care anymore yeah no, I i'll didn't just care. watch it i don't i just don't care to finish this um so we're definitely going to bold that to to stay 
somewhere. Right, um, so that so this this let's just predicate your number two with I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm not gonna contradict you, I'm just gonna let you let you talk because this is top five IGN ten out of ten games and this to me is a ten out of ten game and maybe oh. maybe one of my favourite games of all that, time. It's I, definitely in the top five. So I I don't I don't have an opinion on this one. So I think yeah, I think you just deserve to have your moment. I don't think I don't family. necessarily think I need to say too much about it because I think we've already discussed it in our first ever episode or the second I think we ever did, episode. Yeah. So it's just another one of those games where it probably came along at a time when I couldn't be bothered to play it and I got sucked into the, the sort of negative chat around it where it's just like, why do I have to select all the things I take off the horse before I go anywhere? Why is the movement really weird? And just, I just, I couldn't get past all that nitpicking with it. I really wanted to engage with the story and I just, I just wasn't in the mood for a, a open world game at all at that point. And I really wasn't in the mood for getting in a, mev, uh, uh, a what's the word? Like a type of transport and hearing some dialogue between people as I get to my next destination where I actually do the mission. I'd just gotten tired of Rockstar's method of delivering a game to people at that point. But it's one of those games that I really wanted to like, and it is not bad. I just wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10 myself. So therefore, as I made my point originally, I don't want to go into it anymore because as you love it so much, I'm sick of hearing myself say I don't like it to you because you love it. So... Well, that um, is, that's what that's one critique I think is absolutely valid for for like Red Dead. Like I love it, but I'm not blind to its criticism. I think I think the the actual main story mission design is maybe maybe it does actually like maybe this is a totally fair argument. The main story mission design is bad because they go to great pains to create this world that feels like it's living, breathing, and I'll. In like and I've said living before, but it, it exists, and you are a part of this world rather than in what in most games are. You're the person that will reshape the whole world. You are just one small piece of this ecosystem that they've created. I mean, they've got like AI that will go hunting, and then when they kill animals, the the corpses have got rotten, rotting animations in which they will slowly degrade over time. <laughs> which will then attract different things to them, like different animals, that is, which then you can either use for hunting or and it'll just like attract different things in a way that I think is amazing. But, but when you go and do one of the main missions, it's very much a classic GTA mission. And if you stray from the path, it'll tell you you've yeah. failed and pull you back. If yeah. it wants you to run down a street, you have to run down that street. And if you don't, the game will tell you you've failed and pull you back until you do it. And that is totally at odds with what the game's trying to be. So I totally agree with you on that point. And, and I think maybe that's point. maybe that's a victim of how long it took to make. Possibly. And Possibly. so it took, what, 10 years or something? Yeah. So perhaps yeah. they were kind of stuck in that sort of level design from the original game and their previous games in their series of GTA, at least. And while they were able to create such a vibrant living world with the advances in technology... They obviously had not got the time to completely redo their storytelling method in that period because they were so busy focused on the world building, which they always are. Yeah. And maybe all the Rockstar games have suffered from this over time is that they've got these incredibly live, um, sort of breathtaking, cleverly put together worlds that feel real, but 
their missions have always just been drive to this place and shoot some stuff and then go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, you're um, totally right. But as a work of you know, as a work of game development, it is astounding. I just didn't get on with it. Um, yeah, and, and maybe at some point much. in my life, I will give it the proper time it deserves. But it's in, definitely in not going to be in the top five worst lists, worst games I've ever given a ten. In your, in fairness to you, you're not the only person that I've heard say that. And and people either, I feel like this is a, a weirdly polar, polarizing game, and the people that like it don't just like. It. Like I've never met anyone that has played Red Dead and thought, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, they either oh, love yeah. it. They either love it or they're like, nah, I actively don't like this. I don't like this. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I totally think your criticisms are valid. Um, that's absolutely fair. My number one game is Metal Gear Solid 4, which I think is just... It's just a bog-standard stealth game that, in my in my experience of playing it, didn't give you the tools to be stealthy and things like knowing when you were being spotted and things like that, I didn't think it was very clear. Um I just don't think this game does anything special. What have you played this? No, I haven't. Um, I've always wanted to play this. Um, I'm assuming, yeah, that it, it just this was again kind of like the the nadir of the series, where it had to go to this level of being like, no, it's okay before GTA Five. Sorry, Metal Gear Solid Five. No, yeah, um, this it, is one that I I'm struggling with with me having put it in number one on my list because it, it leaves me so cold that I kind of can't really think of much to say about it. Yeah, I just absolutely think it's bland in my opinion. And well, that doesn't say anything about a game that got a ten, does it? I mean, it should be memorable well, yeah. as all hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think looking at this, how many games have we still got left? I think the the witness has to be our winner. We've we've got five now. We've put it down to five. Um, I'm just going to quickly just see what IGN said about it. Um, is that a pat? I think it was. Uh... <laughs> That's weird. Fucking Google was like, based on your recent activity, it added IGN to the end because <laughs> it knew I was going to be looking for it. Uh, so let's see why they gave it a 10. If it's Greg Miller again, I'm just not even going to... No, it's not. It's Jeff Haynes, whoever that is. So he, Okay, so it's obviously the... It was supposedly the end of Solid Snake, right? Because they're talking about it's giving also, him a legendary uh, send-off. I, yeah, I don't know the difference in liquid solids. <laughs> Good point. They're all, they're all clones, aren't they? And some of them age fast. Yeah, this is old man you're snake, big, isn't it? I think in Metal Gear Solid 5, you're actually a big boss. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Here's another one. I don't know. What, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. Nano machines. Oh, they, this guy's written a fucking essay. It's so long. This review. My God, must be like two, over two thousand words. Let's see what the verdict says. Oh fuck me. Is it possible to give a game an eleven? If so, this would be the game that would merit that score. Metal Gear Solid Four: Guns of the Patriots is a title that exceeds all of the hype that was attached to the title. That's bad writing. Using title same, twice in the same sentence. Regardless of whether you've seen every trailer and screenshot, read every preview and heard every interview, you won't get a full sense of how phenomenal this title, again, is until you sit down and experience it for yourself. Legends die hard and deserve a heroic story that lives on when they're gone. Metal Gear Solid 4 is such an ending for the legendary warrior Solid Snake. Not only does it sum up the full franchise of Metal Gear, its depth and its complexity, coupled with its technical prowess, make it one of the best games of the year, and indeed, one of the best games ever made. Get some well-earned rest, Snake. You've earned it. We blah, 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 blah. 
Um, so that one seems like it had a bit of bias because it was felt they obviously thought it was the last game they were ever going to play with this character, and that probably got in their head a little bit and made them think it was better than it was because oh my god, it's the last ever Snake game. It's amazing. I love I, you, Snake. I feel IGN. I don't mean to bully IGN, but this is specifically we're talking about IGN. But I, I think there's a lot of examples of IGN reviews and discussions that fall into the category of one getting caught up in a series being established and popular to just getting caught up in the hype yeah and three yeah. just like sort of not being able to divorce hype from um tangible reality of actually playing yeah, it yeah they're building the hype as well so they're kind of making that rod for their own back right ign is the place where almost what well over 50 percent of people who play video games are going to go for their opinions and reviews and scores and whatever to look up what they're going to play so if IGN are the chief driving force behind some hype, maybe they feel like they just have to back that up by being like, well, yeah. we weren't wrong. We told you it was going to be great. And look, it's great. 10 out of 10. <laughs> so uh, this is a tough one. I'm looking at this. Five. I think The Witness is our winner. I think it has to be because I, I, I fucking hate it. <laughs> is Skyward Sword her number two? Have you even played Skyward Sword? No. I feel Which like I feel like, like Uncharted Three needs to be the number two, to be honest. Yeah. Unless you unless you want Metal Gear Solid Four there. No, I, I, st- I think it's a supremely disappointing game, but I am also supremely disappointed at the arguments I've brought to the table on on Metal Gear Solid Four. So I'm struggling to make an argument in my head that doesn't make me sound unconvincing. True, but that. So like, I'm happy for it to be anywhere in the list. To be honest, if it comes in at five, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, let's put it in there then, because I can't do an opinion on it. And then we've got Skyward Sword. So why have I? Why have I not left. played it? Why have I put Skyward Sword on the list? I think, I think it, I've based this on. Well, you've probably played the other ones and liked them. Yeah, um, I think it's 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 my. I'm not a fan of motion controls. And yeah. <laughs> well, that's put you off. That's put you, know, you off buying you, it now, right? Th- yeah, and the thing, that, the the other thing that I think put me off at the time is the the really long starting area. I think. Fucking hell, um, dreadful! It was so bad. So yeah, so I think my I think my critiques are probably valid of it, but if I've not played it, maybe maybe I shouldn't have even had it on my list. But um, okay, let's put it. We'll put it at number three anyway, because I mean, t- considering there were—I don't think there were that many other Zelda games on there. To have that one as a ten out of ten, I think is nonsense. Sure. And, and yeah, I actually did like better. GTA Four when I played it. It's just not a ten out of ten game. Yeah, totally. So let's. Well, do you want to run us down our? No, last, you can go for it. Our top five, top five worst IGN ten out of ten games. In at number five, we've got Metal Gear Solid Four. In at number four, we've got GTA Four. In at number three, we've got Skyward Sword. In at number two, we've got Uncharted 3. And in at number one, we've got The Witness. Yes, indeed we and that do. that us out. And I think, yeah, I think The Witness is because the Witness is a deserved winner because neither of us actually liked the game at all. Yeah. At least two, three, and four, one of us liked. Um, yeah. But just didn't think it was a 10 out of 10. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which, yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good list. Yeah, I think so. 
I guess that's I the suppose, end, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, I see more, especially the all of them, of course, but especially this third list. I want if anyone has different opinions, yeah. or you can tell me why the witness is good. Yeah, please. As long as you're not an asshole about it, get in touch and tell us <laughs> why, because genuinely it is an an enigma to me as as to why this game receives the praise it does. Because I just don't get it. I just don't get it. It's not come out in an era where we had Game Pass to just try stuff out. This is a game you and I actively went out and bought because we decided we really wanted to play it because it tickled our fancy. It ticked the boxes of something we wanted to play. A mix of a walking sim, puzzle game with loads of secrets in it. Sounded great. Never, ever felt great at any point for me. No. no one of the, probably one of the biggest not. disappointments I've, I've faced of a game where I was really excited having played Braid, having heard how amazing this was and mind-blowing and clever and actually playing it. Like I just could not believe everyone thought this was good. Absolutely. Um, I suppose it's time for housekeeping then. Yeah. So, as we alluded to last episode, the next one we're going to be talking about the Streets of Rage series. It is the thirtieth um, anniversary of Streets of Rage. Yeah, yes, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, of the original Streets of Rage on the Mega Drive. Um, but we're going to talk about the one two three and four as a series because one streets of rage game does not a podcast make no so yeah we're going to be working our way through i i think of what i'm halfway through the first streets of rage now so i just need to get the head down finish that off move on to two three and then yes get this four done. i'll get four downloaded actually yeah i'm looking forward to playing that together i think that'd be a good laugh mm-hmm. yeah it'll be good fun one thing I would actually like to query while I've got you on this Skype call is why July the 20th, 2011 was not an anniversary for Bastion. Because both of us really liked that game. We saw it last time, didn't we? And then we just completely somehow... What the fuck? That's not Bastion that I was looking for. That's the actual thing that a Bastion yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think the first one I clicked on was just a giant wall. Yeah. <laughs> so it came out yeah, first released July 20th, 2011 on Xbox 360. So we just totally missed that. I'm gutted as well because we played a game only, that wasn't even having an anniversary instead. Only a 9 out of 10 on IGN. Oh, wankers. We play it now and probably give it a 7. It seems to be what we do these days. Yeah, just so, oh, they're not as good as we thought they were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email at a winner is you, the two, a winner is you podcast at gmail.com. Is that right? A winner is, is you pod. pod. Yeah. At gmail.com. Also, at us on Twitter, at a winner is you pod. And I think that's it, right? Uh, yeah. Follow Alex at super thrill. What are you, Thrillix these days? What is your. No, yeah. Alex Baldridge. What are you going Yeah, that's the one, yeah. It reminds my name, just uh, Dave Smiley one, I think. Yeah, just think don't waste your time with any of my social media. I don't. I can't be asked. <laughs> I'm old yeah, now, I, I, I don't think, care. I think I, I think I just like a lot of pictures of capybaras at the moment on twitter that's about my <laughs> the extent of mine i mean we were on twitch sometimes now david may twitch some of his um streets of rage gaming yeah i actually need to do that um i just thought this with this one the last when i played it at the weekend i was like one i don't have much time and two people don't want to just see me save spam <laughs> yeah over and over again um but, but yeah that we'll just do number four of, yeah that brings us to the end of episode, what did we say, 17? 18. Of the Resur- 18 of the Resurrected Winners You podcast. And this is, has been another top five episode. Get back get back with us next week where we'll be ready to play 
Streets of Rage, I believe. Yep. David will. That, I've been David. He has been Alex. We have been a runner shoot, and I'm out. Keep gaming. <laughs>